I'll go back to the word of today. Our key text is taken from Luke 10, 38 to 42, and I shall be reading from the New King James Version. It is a familiar scripture, but it's about to give you a fresh understanding. Let us read together. Now it happened that as they went, that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Mm. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Mm. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. What did Jesus say? And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good path which will not be taken away from her. This morning, I bring you a word that I have titled, The Good Path. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the privilege to share bread with your, through your immutable word of God with your children. I ask that you use me in a manner that I shall bring quick understanding and discernment to the hearts of those men and women that are listening, not by the eloquence of my word, but by the quickening of your spirit to give glory to our Father in heaven. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Please be seated. Now, most of you, if not all of you, are familiar with the scripture, and possibly many identify with Martha. How many of you identify with Martha this morning? Yeah. Can you imagine? Uh, and before you start blaming Martha, it's like the senior pastor visiting you in your house. And normally, when you have a man of honor coming to the house, you are hospitable. Part of being hospitable is preparing what is usually known as item seven. So, you can imagine the senior pastor arriving with his pastors to your house. It's normal that you give him something to eat. And for that to happen, somebody must prepare what it is to be eating at that time. Mm. So, Martha was just being hospitable. She wanted to provide food and water for our Lord Jesus Christ. The proper and decent thing to do. What can even be wrong with that? And, but there was this sister, and likely a younger sister, to Martha, who was there. And the Bible tells us that she sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word. In effect, she did nothing but to sit down while her sister was serving. So, seemingly, Mary was indolent. She appeared non-productive. 
And Martha tried to enlist the help of Christ in rebuking this near slothful sister by asking him to straighten her out. But Jesus shocked Martha and rather than rebuked Mary, he commended her for choosing the good part, the part that can never be taken away from her, the part that has everlasting significance. The Bible tells us about food for the belly and belly for the food. It says all shall pass, both shall pass away. But the word of God is immutable and it is what? Forever. Heaven and earth may pass away, but the word of God remains. I'm going somewhere this morning. And it describes what Mary did as the good part. He, she chose the good part. My question to you this morning what part have you chosen? Before you quickly condemn Martha, what part have you chosen? What part have I chosen? Our lives are a sum total of the decisions we have made. Our lives are a sum total of the choices that we have made. Some good, some bad, and sometimes we do not even make a choice. We sit on the fence. By the grace of God, we shall address all this morning. Stop blaming your parents. Stop blaming your pastors. Stop blaming your teachers. Stop blaming the government. Stop blaming the environment. Stop blaming even God. He has given you and I everything to succeed. And perhaps if we are not, it may be reflected more likely than not in the choices that we have made. We are largely responsible for our choices. Which school to attend, what course to pursue, where to work, which church to attend, which department to work, even if you're in church, who to marry, where to marry, who to befriend, what to enjoy and what not to enjoy. You are a sum total of the choices that you have made in life. Guess what? You are still a result of the choices you are making today. You decided to come to church today. It's a choice. When you leave church, where you will go or what you will do is a choice. The question is whether that choice is good or is bad. And there are consequences to the choices that we make. We've been recently talking about selfishness 
and last week the man of God took us on the path where he talked about the wisdom of generosity and the folly of selfishness when you choose to be generous it's a choice and when you choose to be selfish it's also a choice this morning I'm reminding us of the choices that we have made before God and the consequences of what the consequence there are consequences in our lives please stay with me and I'll take it further one thing that God does not do is that he does not tamper with our will I don't know why God does that because if I were God I will force everybody to become born again he knows what is this debate about whether God is good or what I need to give to God or what I cannot give? if I were God I would just make it mandatory a decree everybody must follow hallelujah amen Mary chose the good part which is the word of God and her reward was with that that worked for her and the Bible tells us that it can never be taken away from her it was or it became eternal so there are choices you make that will work for you not just here on earth but will work for you in heaven the life after again the question is that what part have you and I chosen what choices have you and I made the choice of the wisdom of generosity or the foolishness of selfishness may the Lord help us in the name of Jesus let me read to you another narrative in the scripture that will help you to bring this home in terms of the choices that we have made please follow me to first king 3 verses 10 to 13 and i believe this was read yes last week by the senior pastor this is solomon and we know what happened before this when God asked Solomon because he chose to sacrifice sacrifice a thousand burnt offerings and God said what can I do for you and Solomon chose to ask for wisdom and the Bible tells us that the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing verse 11 multimedia are you with me then God said to him because you have asked and I interpret this to mean because you have chosen this thing and you did not choose to ask for long life for yourself you did not choose to ask for riches for yourself nor did you choose to ask for the life of your enemies but you chose to ask for yourself understanding to discern justice behold i have done according to your words 
I have done according to what you chose. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before. You, nor shall any like you arise after you. It was a choice. Solomon made a good choice, just like Mary made a good choice. And this is the result that no king, there has never been a king like Solomon since the beginning of time. And the Bible tells us that there will never be another like Solomon because he made the right choice. He chose the good path. But it's not always like that. Let us examine somebody who made a bad, who chose a bad path. Please follow me to Luke 18. And I'm going to be reading from verses 18 to 25. Bible tells us that there was a certain ruler. Now a certain ruler speaking to Jesus, asking, saying, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit life? Verse 19. So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good, but one that is God. 20. You know the commandments. You know all of this. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear from honor your mother and your brother. Mother and your father. I beg your pardon. And he said all these things I have kept from my youth. 22. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and follow me. Verse 23 tells us what the young rich ruler chose. How did he choose? But when he heard this, he became what? Very sorrowful. Very sorrowful. Instead of choosing eternal life, he chose riches because the Bible tells us that for he was very rich. So, he made a bad choice. He made a poor choice. Unfortunately, many of us are still making poor choices. And we are in church. I'm not speaking to unbelievers. I'm speaking to believers. We are in church and we are still making poor choices. With very dire consequences. Let me look at another person who made a poor choice. Luke 22. Give me verses 1. Verse 1. Let me start from verse 1. Luke 22. Luke 22 verse 1. Uh, and maybe if time permits me, I'll be able to read to you all the way to 6. It says, Now the feast of the unleavened bread drew near, which is called the Passover, verse 2. And the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered amongst the twelve. He was a disciple. 
Bible says, he that stands, let him take heed, lest he falls. He was amongst the initially chosen 12. The fact that you are in church doesn't mean you cannot fall or you cannot make a bad choice. How come Satan chose to enter into Judas? It's possible that from the beginning he found a willing person in Judas Iscariot. So what happened? Bible says that so he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and captains how he may betray him. And they were glad and agreed to give him some money. He chose to take some money over Christ. Again, the money, like the chief, like the young uh, rich ruler. So Judas made a poor choice. Another poor choice. Another weak choice. Another choice that led to damnation. Another choice that led to hell. He chose the bad path. And then some of you in this, in church, may say, guess what? I will not choose the bad part, but I'm good or I'm just there. You are not involved in the work of God. You are a fence sitter. You don't do anything in church. My relationship with church is personal. So when it comes to evangelism, I am not involved. When it comes to tithing, I am not involved. When it comes to the work of God, I am not involved. I am me by myself and my family. I have news for you this morning. The Bible in Revelation 3 verse 15 to 16 says, I know your works. You are neither hot nor cold. I could wish you are cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm, you are neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Is it in your Bible? Please answer me. Is it in your Bible? So if you are a fence sitter and you are in this auditorium, you are listening to me this morning or you are listening to me through any device, I don't contribute. I don't want them to know me in church. My own is just to come, get out of my beautiful car, I come into church, I listen to the message, I get into my car and I'm off. This is what Christ is saying about you. In Matthew 11, verse 16, it says, But what, to what shall I liken this generation? It's like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their companions. And we are calling out to you today, child of God. We are calling out to you today and saying, We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We are joyful with you, you did not dance. We mourn with you, even then, you did not lament. Praise and worship is going on, 
and they are just standing. It no concern me. Let them just quickly finish so that I can go home. After all, Asna is playing Man U. Let me go and watch. Why are you laughing? Asna beats Man U now. Why are you laughing? Praise the Lord. Nothing moves you in church. There's a need in church. And you say to yourself, it is not my concern. After all, am I the one that killed Jesus? I have news for you. Yes, you are the one that killed Jesus. He died for you. And I... not fool you. You are going to give an account one day. When you see people working their butts off in church and you think that they are a special breed, can I announce to you, it is the same judgment throne that you are going to stand before. If you are in church and you are not contributing, let me read one scripture for you. All right, this is my text for fence sitters, those who absolutely do nothing for God. You are full of your own ways, you are full of your own devices. You can't go out on a limb for God or for man. If it's not convenient for you, then you are not doing it. I have a scripture for you. Come with me to Matthew 25. I'm going to read verse 24 to 30. I'm preaching on the subject of the good part. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. Take me further. And I was afraid and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. In short, I did nothing with the talent that you gave me. I did nothing with the gift that you gave me. I did nothing with my money. I did nothing for you with my time. I did nothing for you with my energy. And what did God say? What did Christ say? Give me 26. Help me. But his Lord answered and said to him, you know, when I first started reading this thing, I thought this was heavy judgment until I myself became an employer of labor. And I realized that when you put a talent in somebody and the person doesn't come back with results, you can almost let me not say what I want to say on the prayer. I'm on the prayer. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Take me further. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers at my coming, I'd have received it back, my own with interest, blah. Take me on. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. 
Let me try. Give me 29. I'm looking for a particular. Because it says, To everyone who has more will be given, and he who has abundance from he. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from me. May that not be your portion in the name of Jesus. Now listen to this. Read this with me. Read this so that it's not me that I said it. It says what? And what? Cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There. You can read. Let's read again. Let's read again so that I can exonerate myself. Read with me again. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There. That is the faith of friends sitters. Fence sitters in church. That is the faith of people who come to church or who do nothing for God. That is the faith of people who have buried their talents. May that not be your nice portion in the name of Jesus. For you to choose the good path, you must be led by the Spirit. Bible tells me in Romans 18 verse 14 that uh, for as many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the ones that can be called the sons and the daughters of God. For you not to have a selfish spirit, you must be led by the Spirit of God. For you to have a spirit of generosity, you must be led by the Spirit of God. On Wednesday, we were examining the boy with two loaves and five five loaves and two fishes and the, the thought came up how did they know that somebody had five loaves and two fishes if the boy was not going around asking somebody would you like some of my loaves would you like some fish if he was in his bag people would not have been able to see it it means that he made what he had open for others to see that's why when jesus asked that what should we do somebody remembered i've come across a boy who has five loaves and two fishes some of us the if we were that boy the loaves and the fishes would be would have wrapped you know fish can smell Hello, freshly baked bread and fish can smell. So you'd have wrapped it and wrapped it and wrapped it so that the smell will not come out. Just in case somebody's going to beg you. If you see people putting their hand in their bag, bringing out small, they don't have the spirit of that young boy. You know, they'll dip their hand in there, they'll cut small and then. But you must have the spirit of God for you to have a spirit of generosity or for you so that you can jettison selfishness human beings by nature we are selfish these two young children that we are going to, we are going to dedicate today if they want to cry they'll begin to cry they don't care whether there's a sermon going on hello if they want to pull what will they do they will do it. That's not their uh -huh. If they want to eat, do they care that you are in church? 
So in, in invariably, as human beings, we are born selfish. It is by the training of this, their wonderful parents that they will teach them to start being selfless. You can't do that. This is what you can do. This is what the proper thing is to do. You must have the spirit of God for you to be selfless. You must have the spirit of God for you to jettison selfishness. Galatians 5.16 says, for Galatians 5 says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Go back to Romans 8.5. It says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on things of the flesh. What do you meditate on? What are you focused on? What do you spend your time doing? But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Colossians, therefore, Colossians 3 verse 2 says, Set your minds above, not on the things of the on earth. As I'm drawing this message to a close, I take you to Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 says, Today, if you are in church, you are in this auditorium. Today, if you are listening to me through any device, I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death. Choose one. I have set before you blessings and cursing. Therefore, do what? Choose life. Choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Choose generosity. Discard selfishness. Discard sitting on the fence. It is not my business what is happening. We can make a call until we run blue in the face and you say it is not my business. This morning, I invite you to choose life. This morning, you have an opportunity to recommit your life to Christ. This opportunity, you have an opportunity to rededicate your life to Christ. There was a song we used to sing in those days when we became born again. It goes like this. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No That's a part that says the world behind me, right?
chose the good path? What have you chosen? What have I chosen? The good, the bad, or no path at all? I close with this scripture, and it's found in Joshua 24, verse 14 to 15. Joshua 24. It says, Now therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods, the gods of social media. Put away the gods of gossip. Go put away the gods of backbiting. Put away the gods of insincerity. Put away the gods of selfishness. Put away the gods of me, I, and myself. They are all gods. Good, put away the gods of trend. Put away the god of fashion. What will people say? Put away the god of one step in the church and one step in the world. Which your father served and on the other side of the river in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, then choose for yourselves who you will serve today. God can choose for you. Your pastor can choose for you. Your wife can choose for you. Your husband can choose for you. Your parents can choose for you. They can only advise you. He said, if it seems evil to you, to serve the Lord, if you think that there's no profit in serving the Lord, then choose for yourself this day, people of God, whom you will serve. Grace Assembly, choose this day whom you will serve. Choose whom you will serve. I say this with emphasis. Choose today whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that are on this other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. The land that you dwell may be the god of the Amorites. It may be the land of the Amorites. And they have their gods. Their gods called selfishness. Their god is called get all you can, can all you get, and then sit on it. The God is called. We don't care if souls are perishing or going to hell. That is not my business. My business is to come to church, get into my car, and go back home. I don't care if there's a need in church. Let other people take care of it. I just want to come to church, listen to the sermon, listen to the good voices of Grace Assembly, and go back. But I like the concluding word. 
And I hope if you're a member of this church, or even if you are visiting us, this is what you would say to yourself. But, read with me, but, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you are not sure, or you don't want, you don't have to say it. But some of us want to say it as an affirmation of the covenant that we have with Christ. He says, but, you want to touch your heart, he said, but, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This morning, I'm going to deal with two categories of people. One, if you do not know Christ, and you say, what are these people talking about? I bring you good news. Good news is that of salvation. There's no other way you can get to heaven but through our Lord Jesus Christ. Please, all heads closed, all, all heads bowed, and all eyes closed. If you like to give your life to Christ, this morning I want you to raise your hand wherever you are. I don't want to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you wherever you are. You are in this auditorium and you are saying, I do not know this Christ. I do not know this God. I've heard about him. I want to experience him in a new dimension. Or you are listening to me through any device. Wherever you are, I just want you to raise your hand because I want to pray with you. I just want to pray with you. And say, Lord... Take this hand. Look at this hand. Look at this person. This person wants to come to you. Because you, I confess my sins. I want to be a born again child. I want to be a child of yours. I want to experience new things. The second category of people, if you want to rededicate your life to Christ, just raise your hand. doesn't mean that you are not already in Christ, but by the reason of the sermon that I've heard today, Lord, I want to serve you. I want to be able to put my heart on my heart and say that me and my family, that me and my house, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I just want us to raise your hand. I just want to pray with you this morning. If you are that person, just raise up your hand. Say, Lord, I just want to rededicate. I am putting up my hand. I am putting up my hand also. I want to rededicate my life to Christ. I want to do more for you. More for you, Lord. I want to do more for you. I am not doing enough for you. No matter how much that I am doing, there's still more that I can do. Father, as many hands that are up, I want to pray that, Lord, the strength to rededicate themselves to Christ, you will grant in the name of Jesus. Lord, we will serve you. Give us the capacity to serve you in the name of Jesus. I choose life. I do not choose death. I choose blessing and I do not choose curse. And so shall it be for each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord. We bless your holy name. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. I don't like that, your amen. I know why you are not clapping because I didn't preach a prosperity message but guess what I'm not answerable to you I'm answerable to him if you don't clap for me he's clapping for me in heaven
Hallelujah. Amen.